I am John, Whoopi impersonator and a Ladrin warlock with the Warriors of the Stars. Along came Jason, my bearded friend. Fabulous secret ideas revealed to me the day he came to my house and said, I want to make a podcast! Only two others share this secret. I have Chris Visions. I like walks on the beach, sunsets, poodles. What's up, everybody? Morphin time. Hi, I'm Rick Remender. I love games. I love video games. Uh, and Emerald City Comic Con! Hey, I'm Christopher Sabella. Hi, this is Ashley Eckstein, voice of Ahsoka Tano. Rob, the artist. Hey, everybody. How are you doing? Robbie Amell. What's up, guys? It's Autumn Lands, Tooth and Claw. I've been digging it. I'm very glad you like it. Way to go, John. <laughs> hey, you know, we're on the fly. <laughs> Today, I have special guest, Mike Selinker. You do indeed. We're working on Black Science. Nolan North. Uh, you know, great cosplayers, great fans. I talk about the amazing Spider-Man and Silk Infinite comic. Matt Jet City, Bob McLeod, creator of the New Mutants. I've been working for Marvel and DC Comics for the last 40 years. Brian Herbert. About a year ago, I got a, a Twitter site. I couldn't get my own name. Somebody took my name. <laughs> the name oh, of the game Gravisar. is Gravisar. <laughs> and uh, we're actually Studio Emma. I'm at Geek Girl Con with Stephen Poole. Robin Hobb is here! Working on a trilogy called The Fitz and the Fool. Yeah, um, I'm Phoenix Jones. I'm the leader of the Rain City Superhero Movement. Hey, my name's Claire, and I've been running Geek Star Costuming. Hey, hi, well, I'm Katie of Katie Clark Art. And we have special guest, Gus Lopez. Uh, hey, guys, I'm thrilled to be on. So, Rebecca, tell us what you've been working on lately. As always, my little vampire's webcomic. Hi, I'm Dennis, the rapper. So I'm Kazuo Maeda, I'm the uh, Imigo Softworks partner. Livio Raimondelli. Appreciate it, I'm, I'm a big Transformers fan, G1 fan myself. Together we started talking about toys, comics, games, and movies on the Super Awesome Geek Show! Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Super Awesome Geek Show! It's John again, the Vintage Geek, and I'm here with special guest Sam Johnson of Geek Girl, the comic, by Marcosia Press. Do they call that press, or do they just say Marcosia? Uh, let's just say Marcosia. All right. <laughs> I'm not quite sure what they use, but it's not press, so let's just go with Marcosia. All right. That's at Marcosia.com. Yeah, yeah, they've, they've been going a while. They've done, like, I, th I think one of the more well-known things is they've done, like, Starship Troopers licensed comics. But oh, cool. Uh, They've got a lot of things going on, yeah. So, Sam, why don't you just start out? Uh, tell me just a little bit about yourself, how you got into comics, and uh, you know what, so I can get an idea on how you got into doing Geek Girl. Okay, so uh, basically, comics. I kind of lost touch with them. I came across the Rob Liefeld era New Mutants in a Virgin Megastore, which looked like something different to me with Cable and Deadpool. That got me back into them. I started buying more and more comics from there, never looked back. And then <laughs> when uh, some image studios ran uh, talent search contests, I, I entered them. You had to submit like pictures for stories with their characters. I entered some of those. And then uh, Wizard Comics Magazine, when that was still going, they ran a talent search and I came joint second in that. And I, Oh, wow. And yeah, so that was cool. And it was like uh, in that one, you had to submit like, do you remember Malibu? 
comics like yes Ryan yes and their line of superheroes uh so you had to submit pictures with them and and if you placed uh you won like every single malibu superhero <laughs> comic ever so wow that was, that was quite good and uh all like collectible ones and everything um so yeah so i, I sort of kind of uh, got my foot in the door with these talent search things got a taste for it and um yeah, that's what got me started. Yeah, I actually really liked Prime. That was one of the ones that I, I, I actually collected a lot of. Yeah, I mean, there were, there were some interesting things there. I think the problem was with with that universe, it's, you know, obviously a superhero universe. You're, pe- you're competing against Marvel and DC. Yep. Um, and I know Marvel, I mean, Marvel bought uh, Malibu and sort of tried to amalgamate the two. But at the end of the day, you can only buy so many superhero comics, so if you're kind of adding more Marvel comics to the already existing Marvel comics, that's a lot of Marvel comics. Yeah, and not to mention they make like five or six or ten for each character that they already have. So yeah, there's, yeah. there's, a, there's a lot of Marvel comics. I think I've, I've, I'm managing what I buy quite. Uh, smartly now i used to just buy like everything i like the look of but uh, you know <laughs> you can't afford to do that no <laughs> especially not these days you know no no not uh three dollars 99 so yeah but i'm uh, i'm enjoying what i'm getting from marvel at the moment yeah what what are you getting by the way if just one or two uh, well, I mean, I mostly get them in trades now, but the things I'm getting that are up to date uh, are Venom, uh, where we switch back to Eddie Brock. Yep, so yep. the first sort of proper issue of that, on issue <laughs> 150, uh, was interesting. Uh, I, I did I did like the warrior aspect of it with, um, was it Flash, right? Flash Thompson? Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was yeah. a cool idea. Good run. But. Yeah. Um, but you, you've got to, it's, it's yeah, you, something about the combination. I mean, Venom has had a few hosts, and there's something about the combination of him with Eddie Brock. Like, I mean, Lee, the guy that uh, started off this Venom series, I presume they wanted you to absolutely hate so that when Eddie uh, came back, you were, you were rooting for him because that was quite a short-lived yeah. uh, affair. But, uh, yeah, it's interesting. And uh, Scarlet Spider as well I, I don't know quite i i never followed the original like clone saga stuff so i don't have any experience of this this uh this character ben riley who now i, I presume has, has changed somewhat from uh what he was originally because he's some sort of like merciless whack job yeah now. he's he's definitely grown and changed as a person yeah but I mean, he's had a lot of bad stuff happen to him. I think. He has, you know, when you get killed that many times, that's just got smart, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I, those I, those are interesting books. Uh, yeah, I say mostly I'm getting collections, but both of those I, mean, I kind of look for. And I've, I always have to mention my my favorite Doom Patrol from Young Animal oh. by Jared Warren, Nick Darrington, which is is terrific, uh, and the original. The, the biggest influence on it, Grant Morrison's run on Doom Patrol, is the biggest influence on my work. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, so that's something I really connect with. And they've done a superb job bringing it back and bringing the weirdness back, and it's, it's great. That's cool. Yeah, I go, I think for my Marvel these days, I'm just pretty much doing Star Wars. I, uh, I, a lot of my superhero, I kind of stopped in the Marvel world. I was big. I mean, I have... All the Avengers from the 60s on up, Amazing Spider-Man, the X-Men, Wolverine, Fantastic Four, and Thor, pretty much from the beginning till they started renumbering everything. Yeah, well, they're gonna you you 
if you're not already aware, you'd be pleased to know they're returning to the original numbers after trying renumbering yes. as a marketing. They're now going back to the original number. Well, it, it's it's a shame too because I was like, Spider Man was the one that was amazing. Spider Man was approaching that one thousand mark, and I was always like, why renumber it when you're going to be getting, you know what I mean? Like in a few, yeah. you know, another five, ten years or whatever it is, you're going to be hitting into that thousand era. That's a cool milestone to reach. Oh yeah, you know well. I mean, they are, you know, they are, as I understand it, going back to the original numbering. So, so as long as that's successful marketing-wise, they'll stick with that. If yeah. not, we'll get a new number one again. <laughs> there you go, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let's get on to Geek Girl, okay? Because this comic was pretty interesting. Now, uh, tell me a little bit about, I want to go into it because I liked the artwork. Carlos Granda, right? Carlos Granda, yeah. And yeah. then Chunlin Zhao, right? Yep. I got that right? Uh, yeah. He's the Chunlin is the main colorist. There's uh, there was a couple of letters, a couple of colorists involved. Carlos did all the artwork, but yeah, Chunlin um, colored the the covers and all of issues two to four. A uh, uh, guy that goes by the name of Narp N A H P colored the first issue. It's pretty seamless. You'd, you'd be hard pressed to to notice a difference between them. They've both done a, a great job. But uh, one issue was all the the other guy Narp was able to commit to with his his busy schedule. But sure. uh, the co the co creative team as a, as a whole, I'm I'm completely happy with it. So we've got two letterers. On as well, Paul McLaren and uh, Micah Myers, and and again, it's it's seamless and just a, a I mean, I'm completely happy because the whole four issue miniseries is out now, having come out monthly. Yep. And uh, I'm I'm completely happy with it. Yeah, I was too. I liked. I thought the art was great. I liked the coloring. I liked the style. Um, I'm, again, the lettering was awesome. It, you know, I could, if if uh, if there are two different guys doing, it, I didn't notice. You know, so yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean but, that's what I mean. It was it was that's what what I wanted. I mean, it took a long time to to get the miniseries done. I mean, the most important thing for me was to have the same artist because you know you can have similar colorists, similar letterers, but it's it's pretty difficult to get to very similar artists. And I wanted the thing to flow, so uh, it always uh, yeah, I always wanted to have one artist do the whole thing, and Carlos was uh, the man for the job. Yeah, it's it's good at least to have it like if you have one story arc going, it's good to at least have that same artist until that arc concludes. Yeah. And then if yeah. you're going to start another story arc, it's like that's when you bring in another artist if you want to or need to, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. At least that's always been my feeling. Yeah, um, because I mean, my intention is that there'll be a second mini series, and then if if the readership is is built up enough, after that's done the rounds and the collection of the first and that second mini series, the intention would be to do an ongoing series, and and yeah, my intention with that would be to have rotating uh, artists, because that. You know, I can I can write them a lot faster than an artist can get them done. Obviously, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think you set up, up a pretty good team, and I think you set up a pretty good comic here. I was, um, I it really drew me in. I and I was starting to realize it was like at least it seems to me, and I want to know if this is sort of your your feeling behind it, or if it's something that just sort of happened on its own. You know, but um, it's like you've got almost like a female centered superhero world you know like like in most oh pardon me sorry if they, if that came through um in it seems like in most worlds it's like either a pretty even mix or you've got a mostly male crowd 
but there's an awful lot of female superhero and superheroes in your uh, lineup here, you know? Yeah, I mean, there, there is, um, there's a lot of female characters in it. I mean, the, the Ruby, the, the world that Ruby Kay, who's Geek Girl inhabits, is, is a, a, a college world. She's a PR student and she sort of hangs with the, the cool kids, uh, which are female, and, but they, they affect the glasses because she wins these glasses on a whim. And uh, yeah. the, uh, the, she, basically how she lands them is there's this guy, the, the sort of resident college geek, uh, Trevor Goldstein, has invented these as a means to try and win over this, this waitress he's been crushing on. Uh, but uh, Ruby and her friend Stacy get uh, Trevor and his friend Jeff drunk and beat them at the game of strip poker to land these glasses for Ruby, which she decides, you know, as I say, on a whim that she wants in a drunken state. She, she's not thought beyond, she's a, you know, a, I want this, I'll have it now person. <laughs> she's not thought beyond that, what she's actually going to do with them. Um, and whereas her best friend Summer is, is someone that's like her dad's a comic geek, she knows about superheroes, so she's the one that sort of introduces the idea of actually doing what we, you know, as comic fans would, would typically expect someone to do with them. Ruby may not have come up with that on her own. But uh, yeah, so again, Summer, a, another key female character. Yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's a lot of uh, female characters going on there, and, and the big the big bad is is Lightning Storm, this mysterious supervillain who's, who's come from nowhere and, and why Ruby is kind of, she, you know, as, as we start the miniseries, she's flying around sort of looking for crime. Is this what I do? She's on the phone to Summer trying to work out what she's meant to be doing. And then Neon Girl, the big gun superheroine of where they live in Maine, gets blasted through this billboard by lightning storm and hospitalized. And Neon Girl kind of puts it on Ruby to, to stop uh lightning storm in in uh, in her absence yeah and and uh the 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 male superhero which was the only one that i feel like i've seen in the what i've from what i've read i know i gotta go back i gotta go read three and four you know so <laughs> um but uh his name's pitbull right he was yeah. also <laughs> taken out by lightning storm right he he well it, it kind of is uh yeah i mean without giving away the the end of issue sure. one yeah uh he kind of is let's let's say although ruby <laughs> maybe doesn't help the situation in her, <laughs> her rookie uh state but Pitbull is, is a fun character. Pitbull's the kind of jock superhero that likes, likes to get a brewski uh, before he goes and fights crime. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but uh, basically where we end up at, at the end of issue one is, is there's only two sort of proper superheroes in, in Maine before this geek girl comes along and both of them are kind of taking our action. So the, it, the pressure is really on Ruby who, as I say, at this stage does know, not know what she's doing to step up and become this, this hero. And that's kind of the, the story of her is, as I say, where she starts out from is this kind of, uh, quote unquote, it girl that she used to get in what she wants, uh, popular, never short of guys queuing up for her, hangs with the cool girl, sort of bitchy crowd. But the effect these glasses have on her because there's a glitch in them that's kind of affecting her. Uh, I can't give too much away about that, but there's yeah, a, it's yeah. a chip that gives her powers, but the, the chip is imperfect. So that affects her on the initial 
uh, effect is, is making us super klutzy, which kind of makes her humiliate herself in front of her friends, and uh, and they kind of the, the the more shallow of them drop her like a lead balloon. Yeah, yeah, and I noticed like you have that nice little scene at the bar where uh, the guy who was hitting on her did once she has the glasses on is kind of like, "Who are you again?" <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's not the it's not the case that we're doing like a you know Superman Clark Kent. Oh my God, where did Superman go? And where did this guy with the glasses come from? It's more that um, I mean we're 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 in a dark, a dark bar. This guy hits on a lot everybody. Of people, yeah, bar, and the way. Ruby carries herself changes when she's wearing the glasses because of the way the experience she's she has with them with her friends they sort of affect her whole body language yeah so that's kind of what's going on there which issue two is a whole big character thing with her and summer and summer trying to you know big up these glasses and and make ruby sort of own them yeah. so by the the end end of issue two ruby's sort of on the course of of becoming the the hero that she she might be capable of being well something i did you know since you mentioned number two something i really liked about number two was it, i liked that aspect about her ruby and summer and that the majority of the issue is basically them like in real world situations you know yeah. and 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 i liked the real world aspect of seeing that side to the superhero you know yeah, no, issue two is, is my favorite issue because it, it's the characterization issue. And, and what I, I really wanted to do was, as I say, where, where the point Ruby starts from is she's not the most sympathetic individual. Um, and I wanted us to, to get to know her. And, and, you know, Summer is the one friend that sticks around when all the bitches uh, walk away from Ruby. So their relationship is, is fundamental. And I wanted to, you know, give that some oxygen. and. And, um, you know, so that when we get that there is action into, but when we get towards the, the big confrontation with the uh, lightning storm that we're going to, you know, feel and, and care about Ruby and, and we'll see, you know, just how vulnerable she is. This is not a woman of steel. This is someone that's been put in this position where she didn't really know what she was doing when she gained these powers, but now she's got to use them because if she doesn't, there's a, a dangerous woman out there that is killing people and yeah ruby is now the only superhero in town yeah and so i want one thing i wanted to hit on though was maine it's set in maine mm -hmm. was there a, a a reason behind that or you just kind of liked it <laughs> uh not anything too specific i mean when, when we get to the the thing is it, it's maine but it's it's uh it's a made-up world within Maine, which is Acorn Ridge, and they go to like sure. Acorn Ridge College. But when things get sort of broader than their sort of college world, we 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 get into when Lightning Storm is basically trashing Maine. We'll see, you know, people that that live in Maine will perhaps recognise some of the the locations that <laughs> that get destroyed. Uh, but uh, as, aside from that, it's I didn't want somewhere too big because you know this is. You know, sure. as, as we know, with uh, Marvel and, and Spidey and Co. in Manhattan, you can't move without accidentally knocking into another superhero. So we needed somewhere that was, you know, relatively small so that it's plausible that, you know, there is a superhero base, not, you know, so obscure that there's, there's never even heard of superheroes, but there is this superhero base. But that superhero base can be taken off the board fairly easily. 
in order to put Ruby in the position that she's in. Yeah, I see. I, I guess I was just curious because, um, like, have you been to Maine? I've, I've, I've not been to Maine. I've researched it because it was the location I picked. I've, I did research it online and I, I sent Carl, because Carlos is, 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 you know, is in Colombia. So he's not, uh, although he's, I mean, he's, he goes to America for cons and that. But I sent him, like, I, I researched it. I sent him pictures to use as reference sure. for it. But it's, yeah, I mean, it's just a, a, the feel of it that I picked up. Because, uh, you know, I was looking at various locations, picking where I wanted to set this, and the feel of it was, was you know, the kind of not-too-small, not-too-big feel that I wanted for Ruby's World. I see. Yeah, well, I just really like Maine, so I was like, that's a cool cool idea of putting it into Maine. <laughs> well, when, when you get to issue four, as I say, you can look forward to seeing some of it destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got to, like I said, i got to read three and four. got to get those ones. Yeah. Because I, I really did it. I reread uh, issues uh, one and two to, this morning right. just to uh, refresh my mind. And I noticed that you had comments up there. So I threw up a comment on number two, at least. But, cool. uh, um, well, you, you needn't have bothered because three, three is the jump on issue. And it's got like two pages of recaps. So <laughs> I there you go. You you've wasted your time. <laughs> you've wasted your time, John. I, I, I would, I it was would an not, enjoyable waste. I would not say it's a waste of time. All right. Okay. All our <laughs> listeners out there, don't you? You should waste your time reading one and two. Oh, no, just just rereading. Of course. Yes, there you Re go. Yes. Reading it initially is literally the best thing you will ever do. <laughs> but one thing I noticed was in your credits, you said that. Uh, so someone named Chris was the influence for the look of summer. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, just uh, back in in MySpace days when I was I was looking for the look. I, I didn't have, I had a look in mind for uh, for summer, and uh, Chris was someone that I sort of randomly knew off of MySpace. She's a magazine editor. Then uh, she now runs this uh lifestyle alchemist i think it is blog which is is mainly sort of food oriented and yes yeah, i was just you know sort of researching looking online for the the look i wanted for summer and, and her look fit so you know it's not uh you know the character is not based on her personality but her, yeah her look is and i i became friends with chris and she you know enjoys seeing uh, <laughs> her her reflection in the in the comics so that's that's cool yeah i would think that's pretty cool that's it yeah yeah that's yeah. interesting oh yeah one other thing i wanted to touch on was the the bar the pub that they go to it's called the reach right uh re well the the club night is reached i mean there's a few locations in it there's like the there's like a restaurant slash cafe they hang out and call munches yep uh, and I remember that yep reach reaches is the club yeah yeah I mean, that's she too mainly takes because she's uh she seems to be very um open to with saying that she's a superhero you know and yeah like to, yeah. at least to all her friends and then she even makes a nod towards it toward, at the bartender there and everything so i'm like it's not like she's really trying to hide her identity yet so no i was like no. is this kind of like a a world where or maybe even just like the pub or whatever where people are aware of the superheroes and their real identities or is it just something that um ruby is doing you know well again she doesn't know what she's doing but um in terms of the identities of of rain of maine's resident superheroes neon girl doesn't have a mask 
everyone knows Pitbull. He, you know, he walks around. He'll he'll have his mask on. He'll have it off. He's everybody's pal. He he walks into a pub. Everyone buys him drinks. So in in her experience, she wouldn't have sort of naturally gone to to thinking, "Do I need to keep this a, a secret?" Okay. Uh, it's only as the 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 series progresses. I mean, she kind of gets into trouble in issue two by being as open about it as she does with this, this character, Nina Dante, that kind of takes a shine to her, but is also yeah. a bit nuts and kind of wants to fight her. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's her initial sort of the first sort of backlash felt from her identity being open. And then Karin Carpenter, who's like the, the sort of ex, the arch bitch of her now dismantled click will use anything she can against her and we'll see as as things progress she's trying to use this whole identity thing and and ruby is not sure whether or not it's something she should keep a secret as as we say she's winging it but uh by the end of uh the end of the miniseries she's basically in a position where that option is is off the table anyway yeah i see yeah i kind of liked the the way you did nina and how the uh I mean, you could really say she wanted a double effort. You know, she was fight and, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, Nina is, uh, as I say, Nina, Nina gets a crush on, on Ruby and, and, is, and her initial approach is, is that. But uh, if she can't get that, she'll take whatever kind of physical interaction <laughs> she can get. Although it doesn't, it doesn't go too well for her although she seems to kind of enjoy it and nina dante is a character like she's an old girl and and whereas like ruby's friends are all you know the sort of the the trendy uh kids uh nina's are all all the old girl type kids and and nina goes a bit further like she's got a a cybernetic eye and this is this is really for show it's just that her eye sort of lights up red um, and it's again, you know, sort of going that one bit further than than like tattoos and piercings, and yeah, that Nina will will be back following issue two. As she, as I say, in her, her own twisted way, she quite enjoys her little uh, fight with Geek Girl, um, <laughs> and uh, she's also got like like a as an old girl she's got like kind of a following and and this this fight ends up on youtube which again karen kind of uses to, to use a tries to twist and use against her um but uh yeah there's 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 more to come from nina and and it, it'd be an interest it is an interesting dynamic between the two of them because you know nina is, a, is an attractive girl and, and ruby is initially flattered by the attention but Le- nina is uh, ruby is completely straight so doesn't really want to go any further than it with that so um yeah nina will take a fight in place of that <laughs> well and i i liked the it intrigued me about the bionic eye the cybernetic bionic eye there I was like, so you're you're kind of in a world that's just slightly ahead of where we are now. I kind well, of felt, you know. Yes and no. Um, yes, I guess slightly is 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 the case. But what's going to be introduced at some point is that this organization uh, where we'll see organization is probably too sort of grand a name for it. <laughs> but there's a, an outfit where people are acquiring. Um, sort of tech because with where neon i mean neon girl is in a pretty bad way uh from her confrontation with the lightning storm and um 
So she's going to kind of, I'm, I'm being very careful what I'm saying. Here yeah, exactly. On, you know, we're going to be on the mini here. But uh, yes, for an example of, of what I'm talking about is Neon Girl is, is not going to be what she was when we first meet her by the end of the miniseries. So she's going to need a little help. And that's uh, where this, this outfit will be coming in. Ah, well, that's a lot of, um, I think you've answered a lot of my questions without going into too many spoilers. Cause yeah, of, I think I've managed to sidestep spoilers quite well. Yeah, because I mean, I do want to know a little bit more about Rick, the one that the porcelain guy and, and how he disappeared there. But um, I, yeah, well, I don't, don't want to, I mean, that might be in three and four, but I don't yeah, want to. That, yeah, that's three. Because um, yeah. what you're talking about there is is Mariella, who's this this waitress in, in Munches, where Ruby and her friends go to. Uh, the, as we learned from flashback in issue one, once Ruby got her powers, uh, there was like an altercation with this this guy that was hassling Mariella, and this Rick was the uh, Mariella's his, his ex. He was hassling her, and Ruby intervenes. But when she hits this guy, something strange goes down, and it's like yeah. she's floored him, but there's not like a cut. There's like almost like a hole in his face. So a crack, or so. a crack. Yes. So there's something strange going there, which is freaking. Mariella out and that she wants to get the bottom to an issue three uh we will uh, get to the bottom of that and it's not whatever you might expect it's not and it takes <laughs> a, a, a darker turn than uh, than we have in the first two issues yeah and number and like i said i only reading number one and two number two ended with a cliffhanger of some guy in yeah, the apartment yeah. that's and, that's connected to it because yeah. we Rick entering his Rick has been on holiday and we sent we see him entering his uh, his his house to see there's an intruder. Yeah. So I I'm, that's why I was like, "Oh, I'm going to have to continue reading." You you hooked me with that, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's a good it's, no, a, it's a good hook when you do things like that at the end of an issue, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean some of um, my my friends that have, have read it have, have, have dug the yeah, I mean every issue it's got a, you know, I've not done my job if the end of the issue doesn't get you coming back for the next one. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. You got to, I like it when you put, when a, when a writer puts those kind of hooks right at the end. So, you do, you know, you run it, you want to get to the next issue just to find out what that yeah. little tidbit was, you know. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there are there are mysteries, you know, going on there. And, and as I say, it's it's all, you know, it's part of, it will it will go beyond that. I mean, the, part of the reason I signed with Marcosia, the publisher, is that they committed to a second series before you know the first one had even come out. Oh, so cool! I've spent a lot of time developing these characters, and I you know I'm thinking beyond the the four issue mini, uh, which you know when you when you get to <laughs> when you get to the end of issue four, again avoiding spoilers, you'll see that it kind of has to go beyond the the four issue mini. Um, but yeah, it's I mean, something I'm working on at the moment is beyond it. The plan is to have, a, as, as, as I may have mentioned, a second miniseries. Yeah, I did, I did mention it. Yeah, and you know, yeah. ongoing. So, you know, I'm very invested in these and also bringing in, I mean, I have another comic I write, The Almighties, uh, which is a much more comedic uh, super team that I, that I do with Mike Gagnon. And that's more sort of parody driven. And, and as I say, it's, it's comedic. The, the team members are made up like there's a former downtrodden housewife turned swinging superhero. And there's a, a punk rocker, British 
werewolf guy, there's a borderline psycho, there's an armadillo maniac, and then there's a guy that runs a kebab shop just selling burgers and shit, and there's no apparent <laughs> reason for him to be on the team whatsoever, and he just looks like a sort of typical uh, owner of that sells, you know, like falafels and whatnot, but uh, he's he's in that team, and he's also, you know, back in the day, he was, because the Almighty's came out a while back, back in the day, he was a confidant to uh, Mr. Obama, oh, so wow. he's, uh, for some reason, he's, he's very much in demand, but yeah, they're... Uh, I, I like to have a, a shared universe thing, and those those characters are a lot more comedic than than uh, the geek girl world. There is stuff going on in the Almighty's that will cross over uh, into the geek girl world as well, which is something I, I enjoy. And, and another project that I I only got to on the scripting stage of there's elements of that characters in that that I'm going to be bringing into the geek girl universe. So it's it's exciting to you know be able to know you're going beyond a forestry miniseries so yeah yeah and you can develop. find that that's the one that you can find at almightysamass.com right yeah yeah there's there's been two issues of the almighty's the um the one which is the first one and then the zero uh, which kind of reboots the team after everything falls apart but there's also um if you go to almightysamass.com there's a free digital comic almighty's origins uh so that sort of previews issue zero and sets everything up so uh yeah yeah yeah, that's cool. that's that's gone down well. I mean, that's something. There's a lot of people involved in that. Um, everyone on it, you know, does other things as well. Like Mike Gagno, who's the the co-writer, the co-creator. He created Nightfang and, and Mason, and uh, he teaches. He writes books. He writes comics. So there's yeah, Eleonora, the main artist. She also teaches. So everyone's got other things going on there. So we do, you know, sort of a, an occasional one shot of that. But it's a lot of fun. I see. Yeah. As I say, it is. It's the the humor is. I I always equate to being kind of like. Family Guy is the most similar thing. So it's a lot more <laughs> out there than than Geek Girl. But as I say, it's it is in the same universe, and I'm I'm interested to uh, sort of do a bit of crossing over between the two. Yeah, bring some of those characters in and see how they can interact with the uh, the more serious world. I guess right. Yeah, well, it's it's at the moment I'm not thinking that because I think they are too <laughs> out there <laughs> to to work with in Geek Girls world. But there are there are other characters beyond the core team ah. uh, that that I'm interested in in. Uh, I mean, I've got a very specific thing in mind that ties into uh, Lightning Storm's whole thing. Okay. So uh, yeah, yeah. Again, avoiding spoilers. Yes, of course. So let's get into some some other stuff here. What what have you been currently into? What are you geeking out about lately that um, kind of caught your attention? Other than some of those Marvel comics we talked about earlier, you been anything uh, like on the television or movies? yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not so much in the sort of you know uh, comics related, but I, I'm really enjoying uh, Netflix. I really enjoyed Love um, and Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Oh yeah, Unbreakable was good. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm so glad that that's that's running and running and and love as well as is getting a third series and these uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm big into um, comedy shows, so yeah, I think those. Uh, I mean, uh, being in the UK, there's this stuff uh, that I'm into that's more on the sort of you know crap TV that you wouldn't necessarily be so aware of, which is uh, celebs go dating. 
Uh, uh, nope, never Mirror. seen that one. No, you, w- you <laughs> wouldn't. I'm sure it doesn't exist outside the UK. But it's uh, me and my girlfriend enjoy that, and it's a bunch of like D-list at best celebrities, and they they go to this agency that is is purely designed to hook up people that want to go out with celebrities, oh, with really? celebrities. Um, and it's interesting because it's not done like, you know, you have like shows like The Hills where it's sort of real, but it's not real and all that. It is, for the most part, real. And you can tell because some of these people are in other shows like a, a, what used to be a big show here, The Only Way is Essex, which was the template for that was The Hills. And you can see these people can't act. So you can see when they're being given a script to follow and this isn't that. So it's fun and it's just, you know, the ineptitude of these people dating. Uh, just because you're a celebrity doesn't mean you know what you're doing. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a great show. And also the, the, um, the narrator, uh, who's a, a British comedian, Rob Beckett, just takes the piss out of it the entire way through, which really <laughs> <laughs> makes it. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's good fun. Um, Films, what I've seen. I haven't seen Wonder Woman yet, and I'm going to be oh, seeing it next week. Very good. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not normally a big DC person, but uh, she looks awesome in it. So I'm I'm down. It surprised me. I, I I didn't go in with high expectations, but I got um, I think what it was was I I had ordered a movie on, yeah, it was on Vudu. I think it was on Vudu, and they gave me eight dollars toward a ticket. So I was like, all right, I'll take the $8 toward Wonder Woman and go see it, you know. Right. And uh, I was just shocked, and then I wanted to go see it again. <laughs> right, right. I think, no, I think it's a great thing because, you know, it's, it's shown you can have a, a big, what will be a successful franchise with a female-driven character because this is often, like, stumbled. I mean, we've had things like with, with Scarlett Johansson that haven't yeah. quite done it and and like there's talk of you know there's always been the talk of why don't they do a black widow movie and i can understand why they they wouldn't because i don't think it's the most you know it's not particularly identifiable character it's not that easy to define the character of the black widow um and i i don't know if that character would would hold up her own movie that well um though she's great in you know in the context of the other marvel films yeah the woman has shown that it it can be done which i think has come at a good time as well because when marvel have you know that i i'm a bit muddy on the details of this but this thing where you know they did a whole big thing of of diversity and, and bringing out more uh ethnic minorities in comics and more female characters and then, you know, some of the sales haven't been so great. And so there's, you know, there's the, the temptation to sort of do a U-turn on that. Um, but again, it's it's not just about the the character's sex or minority. It's about the character. Yeah. I mean, you, you characters that have been around for years and years and years in Marvel have done so because they're great characters. So I think, you know, a lot of... Like, I mean, the next one they're going for with Marvel is, is Captain Marvel. Yeah, that's I what I was going to bring up. I, I think that's, I was going to say something like the only ones I could imagine in Marvel doing their own film was like Captain Marvel, number one, maybe Miss Marvel with her, yeah. with her recent popularity. And then I was yeah. like, what about She-Hulk? Eh, maybe, you know? She-Hulk, uh, yeah. I mean, the problem with, with characters like She-Hulk is it, it's, it's always going to be, you know, it's Bruce Banner's cousin. Yeah. It's not 
characters. And I think this is part of the problem with the, you know, the, the, the new characters they've introduced have, have been legacy characters. And I think part of the reason Miss Marvel has worked is I think there isn't really a great similarity between her and, and Carol Danvers. I think it's, you know, it's more a name than, than anything. She's brought something fresh. So, um, again, it's, it's character. You know, if you, can, if you come up with a strong character that people connect with, then it, it can be successful. I mean, you know, look at Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, that was not... That's not the, the original team either, you know, yeah. It's not the original team, but it was never a, a huge comic, no. but... You know, who, as, as people have said a, a number of times, who would have thought a, a talking tree and a, <laughs> that only says I am Groot and a talking raccoon would have, you know, been such a hit. And yeah. It's, and it has because they are, you know, that the core Guardians of the Galaxy team as it stands now, these are good characters and the dynamic of them is good. So that's what it comes down to. Yeah, I really liked the second one of that movie because I, I thought the, um, you, have you seen volume two yet? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I, I liked the family. The whole thing had a run of family in it, you know, like yeah. a, the, the, the team itself, like just strengthening themselves as a family unit. The, yeah. the, the, the family interaction between Star-Lord and his father and then the sisters, Gamora yeah. and Nebula, you know, and it's like and you can almost look at Rocket and Groot as brothers. You know what I mean? Like it's like, yeah, you've got this like four or five different family dynamics going on that kind of gel all at the end of the film. And I really liked that aspect of it. And like my brother pointed out, he was like, it wasn't really clear to him that there was any one main villain throughout that film. He goes, it was an interesting way that they did it, you know, where, you know, that, you know, you know, the main villain, but yet at the same time, he was like, I didn't feel like it was that the whole way through where you just definitely no. knew who the main baddie was the whole way through, you know, but also, like, um, I mean, a friend of mine that I saw it with commented how the, the first one was a lot more Star-Lord-focused, whereas everyone got more of their own time like this. I mean, certainly Gamora with, with the whole um, Karen Gillan's character, uh, Nebula, Nebula, that got yeah. a lot more space. Um, so, yeah, was, I mean, I, I, you know, the first, the first Guardians Galaxy film is, is my favorite Marvel film, but the second one was really good as well. Uh, the soundtrack is, you know, an integral oh, part. Oh, yes. Uh, but the great, great casting and, and the guy, I forget uh, his name, the guy that plays um, Drax, I think had really come on a lot since the first film because yeah. he, wasn't, he wasn't an actor before and he, he was a really uh, standout in it in the second one. Yeah, he had yeah, definitely. He had a lot more going on, a lot more of his character showing through and also still allowing that comedy kind of aspect of his um oh, what do you call it? Like he's very literal, you know. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, no, that they developed him really well. Yeah. And and you know, and what they did with old uh, old blue face Finhead was was great oh, yeah. as well. I mean, he got he got a, you know, a big part in it, Mary Poppins. So, uh <laughs> Yeah, they did. It was, it was a good job. Yeah, I really liked that. That was cool. Yeah, I mean, and then uh, I was going to go back to the television. It seems like it seems like we only get whatever has become already a big hit where you over in the UK, 
like then it comes over here you know like like well, i don't think you're going to be getting celebs go date <laughs> now, anytime soon but i i don't think there's there's necessarily that much difference i mean the the one i'm looking forward to that that i think we'll be getting at the same time is the defenders oh yes that's right yeah loved jessica jones so anything that's that's got her and i'm i'm down for uh but uh yeah, uh, I didn't, so far I haven't really got anywhere with Iron Fist, I don't know about you. I liked it, I liked it yeah? a lot, yeah. Okay, I mean, the first episode didn't sell me, but my, my intention is to, you know, sort of get through some before the, the Defenders start. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I hear it gets better, but it, it certainly didn't grab me, whereas Jessica Jones and Cage had me from the first episode. Bang. Yeah, yeah, same here. I mean, all of them, Daredevil, Luke Cage, and Jessica Jones had me right from the beginning. Luke Cage, or I mean, uh, Iron Fist for me did because I like, I've always liked Iron Fist. I've always liked Power Man and Iron Fist, Luke Cage yeah. and, and, and Iron Fist, you know, so it's kind of like, and those street level heroes, the heroes for hire, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So I think I went into it with, uh, what do you call it? Like jaded glasses or biased glasses on, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I can understand that. I mean, I, I'm not that sort of, I don't entirely have a handle on the character of, of Iron Fist, but I, I kind of didn't follow the original Power Man and Iron Fist, but I've, I've read the, the recent series of that and I've enjoyed that. And it's, it's been quite comedic and quirky. Um, yeah. And the, the Defenders comic, of course, has, has just come out, which I'm, I'll be well into that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I can't wait for the Defenders. I mean, what are they, what were they saying? August or was that a little bit later? Yeah. On? Yeah. August, yeah. right? August. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but I was hoping we'd get another season of Luke Cage and Jessica Jones in before we got into the Defenders, but I guess we're no. going to go right into it, you know? Yeah, I mean, they're, 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 film, uh, they're certainly filming Jessica Jones. I don't know if they're filming Cage yet, but they are both getting second series next year. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't heard about that yet, but that's cool. I mean, the, you... the Defenders is not, um, I think it's only seven episodes. Really? Okay, so it's going to be about half of what the other ones were, huh? Yeah, yeah, but it should be a bang for your buck, I would think. I hope so. Like a big seven-hour movie or something, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Have you tried Stranger Things, speaking of Netflix and all that? Uh, I haven't. It's it's kind of on my list, but there's a lot on my list. I tend to, <laughs> like, uh, to chill out. I, I say I tend to watch, like, comedy shows. Uh, so it takes me a while. Like, I don't do, like, binge watch either. So it takes me a while. To, like, I haven't even, though, though I really enjoyed Luke Cage, I haven't finished that yet, which I definitely will before Defenders comes out. Uh, but yeah, there's there's a lot on my list, and there's this new thing starting that I'm interested in on Netflix uh, called Glow, uh, which is about female wrestlers, a comedy from the eight, uh, set in the 80s. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that starts. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, um, maybe next week. I'll have to check so, that out. Uh, I haven't. Yeah, I, I find it. Uh, as I say, if I'm, if I'm looking to like chill out, I find comedies more accessible than sort of you know 45 minute dramas so i can plow through those quite easily but uh but yeah i mean i i, I yeah jessica jones is just i uh, absolutely loved that yeah like you said i like i did i did like you said you know with the comedies i did really like see i think stranger things you're, you're right it's something that's going to be intense and you really got to pay attention to so if you really just want to be laid back and just watch something light 
I mean, like like you said, I think Kimmy Schmidt was like uh, just phenomenal. Well, yeah. they've gone three now, right? Three seasons now. Oh yeah, yeah, right. The, that's the current one. That just it, just I mean, came out, right? Yeah, and it gets more and more mad. Like the first <laughs> episode is is full tilt. It's uh, yeah, but it's it's great. Uh, and of course, the the other the other big uh, show is uh, I don't know how this is how this is doing in in America. I don't I haven't heard much sort of about it, but I'm certainly very interested, and I've seen the first couple of Twin Peaks. Yeah, we were just talking about it last episode, and um, the guys on my crew have had kind of a mixed feeling about it so far because they loved the originals you know yeah and that but the um the new ones taking a while to get going and to get yeah. to get them into it you know and even even the biggest fan of the original twin peaks was saying that it's taken him a little bit of like okay come on move along a little bit let's get into right. it you know okay so okay. i think that one's yeah. going to be a little slow to start you know yeah, but it's, I mean, the you know, the weirdness is, I mean, I, I wasn't like, as I say, I've seen the first couple and I wasn't straight away sold on it. But when we got to the point with the uh, the thing in the glass box uh, <laughs> kicking off that, uh, that, I mean, from that point on, basically. Yeah, uh, but it's, you know, it, it works and it's and it's kind of, you know, they're not just trying to emulate the original stuff i mean it goes beyond twin peaks it's bigger um and yeah i'm 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 in for sure slow yeah i it, it can be slow but then you get these moments where it's like christ <laughs> and then what was that one there wasn't there another one on netflix about the the, the girl was it in apartment 52 or something like that uh what was it called I, Apartment, tw- apart- about- apartment 23, right? right? Don't trust the bitch in apartment. That one, yes. I love that one. Have you seen it? Or Yeah, well, this is this is Kristen Ritter off, off of uh, Jessica Jones. Yes, I mean, she right. couldn't be more different character in that and played superbly again. I mean, she's awesome. Uh, and yeah, James Van Der Veek playing a sort of comedy version of himself that takes like these terrible <laughs> roles in, in like Dancing in the Stars. It's, well, Dancing in the Stars is is one of the better ones. Bad films. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's 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 good fun. Yeah, I just yeah. I just fell in love with that one, and I've I've I'm always looking forward to more of that one. You know. Yeah, well, that that got canned. Um, that's my, that's what I heard, right? I think it's over yeah. now, right? Yeah. I mean, it's all it's all on Netflix, uh, but they I think the second series they only broadcast a few episodes before it got cancelled. But the rest of it's it's there, but it's sort of like shot on a budget. Yeah. So, but you can you can watch it all if if your Netflix is the same as mine, it's it's all on there. Yeah. But it runs out of steam a bit. I could see why it it didn't uh, sort of sustain because um, the dynamic is is basically her her and her, her roommate June June makes. Uh, what's the name of the bitch? It's been a little bit. Yeah, I don't. Know. Chris, Kristen Ritter's character. Yeah, yes, that's, yeah. that's the name of the bitch. June <laughs> makes Kristen Ritter's character like nicer, and Kristen Ritter's character, Chloe, uh, makes makes June sort of meaner. And that's it's it's, a, it's an interesting and it's a funny dynamic. But I think, it, it, as I say, it runs out of steam. But You're the right. First is 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 really good yeah yeah you can't kind of if 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 the characters are going to grow 
eventually you get to a point where you lose the uh well initially attracted you to the show and i guess is yeah what you're saying yeah but you, could, you could say you know yeah. yeah yeah i mean if we're if we're continually seeing the bishop become less of a bitch then at some point she's no longer the character we started with so it it, it loses that um but uh you know gone on to uh big big things in jessica jones i mean that's you know i i, I know she she absolutely loves playing that character and it's a, it's a fantastic part yeah and i love her interaction with luke cage i, I thought it was great that they brought him in right yeah. away pretty much in and uh you can see that the relationship building and the dynamic they're going to have, you know. Well, it's it's going to be interesting in the defenders because he's he's now. I, I don't think I'm. Well, I haven't completed Luke Cage, but doesn't he get it on with Claire? I think he might. You're right. I, I think he does. So I think there's going to be that in the mix when we get to the. That's defenders. true. Yeah. That's true. I, I know. I know from the point I got to, there was. Uh, I felt from from even back in Jessica Jones that there was a chemistry between them. Yeah, uh, the, the night nurse, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or, so anyone that's that's seen all of Luke Cage will know, and I believe that they do end up getting it on. I like the one throwback. I don't know if you've seen it yet, but there's a throwback to where he's got the yellow. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love that. The seven. No, any any references because I mean they just never. He, that character will never live that down. That costume, <laughs> the yellow open neck shirt, and the tiara. Uh, I mean, in the you know in the the Power Man and Iron Fist recently series, they're still still taking the piss out of him about <laughs> that. Uh, but uh, you know, Cage is a great character as well. Yeah. Well, hey, I want to, uh, like I said, I've got to run off and um, I'm doing Father's Day today. My dad made some reservations here, so mm-hmm. I'm going to have to take off pretty soon. But I wanted to give you one last chance. So let's let's go go through where everyone can follow your work. Now, you've got now is Geek Girl on a, like a geekgirl.com also or just just on Marcosia.com? No, if you go to geekgirlcomics.com, okay. you can get, there's all four issues are available there, digital, print, and there's like some limited uh, variants as well. One one limited variant of issue one by uh, John Royal, who took over uh, from J. Scott Campbell on Danger Girl. So he's, cool. he's got a very nice fitting style for it. Yeah. So yeah, you can get all of them there. They're all there's preview pages for all four issues. Uh, you can join up to the Facebook group. In fact, there's a mailing list you can join up to on, when you go onto the homepage of geekgirlcomics.com. So you'll get news beyond, you know, what's going on in the mini and, and updates as to what's going to be happening next from that. So yeah, if you go there, that's that's uh, that's the place to go. And if you if anyone wants to add me on Facebook, there's a link to the um, Geek Girl Facebook group, and and you'll see me posting in there. So I'm quite easy to get added through that. And do you do any Twitter, or any Instagram, or any of that stuff too? Yeah, Twitter is uh, da Sam Johnson, D A Sam Johnson. Uh, don't do Instagram because my phone camera's crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and pretty much phone, just take pictures, you know. Yeah. Yeah, when I when I get a better phone, that might be something I do. But my phone is is I mean, it's it's, it's kind of half dead now and only takes things in black and white for starters which uh i don't think is well unless i want to go artistic all the way yeah do a do a do a noir geek girl yeah do a a noir like a comic when i do a common convention we can do a a noir comic convention (laughs) uh setting but uh yeah twitter 
Facebook. I mean, Facebook is is what I use sure. most. Well, you know, I think you're okay without the Instagram because they took away the ability to do any links or actually. So you just put a picture up and some blurbs about it, but you can't link back to your work on other websites oh, I, and things. And I, I'm like, what the crap, you know? Like, so it is just purely narcissistic now. <laughs> basically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to anyone that, that uses yes, of that. course, yes. I'm sure, that's not entirely uh, the the blanket statement. <laughs> I think it was a marketing decision for that for them because you know Facebook owns them, and they're like, well, if you're going to be doing links and publishing your own work, do it on Facebook. If you're going to just take right. pictures and share them, do it on Instagram. You know, right? Okay. Uh, yeah, and then find your other work, Almighty. The Almighty's Amass.com, right? Uh, Almighty's Amass.com, yeah. And as I say, there's a free digital preview comic of The Almighty's on there. We're working on the, the third Almighty's book at the moment, which is Almighty's Afterbirth, uh, which hopefully will be in time <laughs> before the, uh, the connection with Rebirth DC Universe has, has been forgotten. <laughs> oh, uh, but as I say, everyone involved is it's got a lot of stuff going on so it's it's a slow one that but it's uh, it's enjoyable working on it and that one's just available on that right you're not putting that through out through marcosia no that's through my own imprint actuality press uh i mean once we've got three out um there'll, there'll be a collection so that would be when i'd be looking at like you know possibly marcosia or, or whatever publishers to do the collection but uh no it's it's kind of a, a labor of love thing at the moment that but okay uh, yeah, once it once it gets to point of a collection, then it will be more. Yeah, uh, have you considered like a Kickstarter or something? Or are you just going to go straight to someone like Marcosia? Well, yeah, I mean, the Kickstarter thing, I yeah, I I don't. <laughs> it's not something I've I've got into so far. So far, I've been able to do get the comics done without. Um, and you know this the comic will get done so in terms of the collection if if we did go like Marcosia then you know they would fund that so it wouldn't be necessary sure thing so, so it kind of depends you know where we are when we've got the three issues done at the moment the focus is just on on getting that third one done I see well that's cool well hey you know Sam thanks for joining me today well thank you for having me yeah I had a lot of fun it was cool talking to some some uh Comics, movies, and uh, Netflix television with you. And celebs go dating. Let's not There you go. Yes, yes. I'm, sure, anyone, I'm this, sure I could find it online somewhere. I, I imagine there's something on, on YouTube. I yeah. mean, there's, there's, it's, it's great. If you like Car Crash TV, like there's this guy, you know, uh, Britain's Got Talent. You have America's Got Talent. There was a dance troupe that won that diversity. Uh, and the, the kid in that, who's now, I think, 21, but still seems to have the mentality of like a 13-year-old, he's, he's on this dating agency and he takes his dates for like a milkshake. <laughs> That was the first date, and then the second date was ice skating. And these these aren't kids that you're taking, <laughs> and you know, no alcohol involved. So, and he's he's not you know he's not the most uh, easy character. He's not not the most at ease character. So, uh, yeah, and th this guy Bear, who was on um, Big Brother here, and and he's just an absolute knob and like 
runs out of the bathroom to get away from his dates if he doesn't decide he like if he decides he doesn't like them and just is just a terrible human being. Uh, so there's there's a lot, and I say all with you know Rob Beckett on the the narrative just ripping the piss out of them throughout. So I I imagine there's there's stuff you you'll be able to look at up on YouTube. So if you like car crash TV, I would recommend it. I I I'm sure I can find it somewhere. It's got it sounds hilarious. It's it's funny. And then I I could uh. I think I, yeah, I got. The, I can do the YouTube on the PlayStation. I can Chromecast it up to the other main TV. Yeah. Okay. Well, this the station it's on here is E4, so I don't know whether you can access that or not. Yeah, I could look up E4 and just see if I can get it somewhere. Because a lot of these things have like their own websites and they have stuff online. Oh yeah. Oh you know? yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you know it's though it is you know the holy grail of of TV. I'm sure <laughs> you will be able to locate it somehow. Well, hey, man, thanks a lot for uh, spending a little bit of Father's Day with me. And to everyone out there, say happy Father's Day to your dad. Give him some love. <laughs> yes, happy Father's Day to all the dads. And, uh, yeah, I'm about to go out and have a nice steak dinner with mine. So Cool. Enjoy. All right, Sam, thanks a lot for joining us. We'll talk to you later, all right? Cheers, John. Yeah, and keep me informed. I'll, um, if I'm not already on the mailing list, I'll make sure I am. But, yeah, uh, well, if I've got your email, I'll I'll hook you up on that. Yeah, because I'd love to keep on going on with more, and I'll have to get issues three and four at Geek Girl, and yeah, I'll and also finish that the, out. The latest thing with the main list is like a soundtrack that goes with issue four, so I'll I'll send you that because that kind of enhances the climax of it. Oh, that's cool. We we all like to enhance the climax, you know. what I'm saying, of Jan? course we do. Yeah, <laughs> with whatever <laughs> means we have, you know. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I've been hearing a lot of people do, speaking of soundtracks, it's like I've heard now two or three that have put out uh, a soundtrack for you to try and listen to while you're reading the, the, the issue, the comic, and I thought that was a pretty good idea. Yeah, I mean, what it is, it's it's a specific track that I've, I had in mind for um, the film because with Marcosia, once we've got the collection together, we're going to be pushing it to try and get it picked up as a film. So it, it just gives you a sort of feel of how, how it would play as a film. It's not like it's, it's cool. not an original soundtrack. It's it's just a link to its, its uh, Leona Lewis track, Run, uh, but it, it fits really well. Uh, so, yeah, it does sort of uh, enhance your reading experience. That's always cool. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks a lot. Talk to you later. Cheers, John. See you. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, that was awesome. Hanging out with Sam from Geek Girl, the comic. Boy, he was awesome, wasn't he? I loved geeking out comics about stuff with him. Ah. <laughs> so anyways, I've got a couple of comic guests. Thought it was appropriate. We've got a few here from a bunch of the different conventions that we've been to lately. And uh, plus, I'm bringing back up the Ashley Eckstein interview for the guys at Star Wars Galaxy Heroes, our guild, the dancing robots. A lot of them have not heard it or missed it because it was way back in like somewhere in the episode 60 something. So uh, this one's for you guys. The Ashley Eckstein interview is anyway. <laughs> Shout out to the dancing robots of Galaxy of Heroes Star Wars app. And if you're not playing, I highly recommend it. We just got thrown. <laughs> All right, guys. Talk to you later. Listen to these interviews and keep it geeky out there, everyone. Oh, yeah. I like to call this segment. Get your geek on at the con with John. <laughs> I know I'm nuts, right? <laughs> All right. Happy listening. We'll talk to you next time on the Super Awesome Geek Show. Here's the interviews. I just ran into Kurt Busiek. How you doing? I'm doing all right. How about yourself? 
I'm doing good. I didn't butcher your name, did I? Uh, a little bit. It's uh, <laughs> it, it's Busick. Oh, it's simpler than I thought. Yep. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I tell everybody it's the SIE sound from Sinkevich. <laughs> nice and simple. So I've been reading this Autumn Lands Tooth and Claw, and I've been digging it. You got any words on that? I'm very glad you like it. Ben and I are having a, 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 a terrific time doing it. Every issue, Ben gets better. Jordi Belair is doing an amazing job on the coloring. Um, we're midway through the second arc right now, but we got uh, we got a ton of stuff to do. We got a, a lot of weird stuff coming. Um, I mean, no, I can't tell you that. I, I, some, <laughs> something in the script I just I, I just wrote, but uh, I'll, I'll keep it to myself for yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, no spoilers, right? Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, Kurt, I mean, you've been working in the industry for, I think, as long as I have been growing up collecting comics. I mean, how did you really get into this? Um, I, uh, I decided I wanted to be a comic book writer because before that I'd wanted to be a, a novelist or a screenwriter, but I realized that that was a lot of work. <laughs> and the first time you do something, it's going to suck. So if you spend a year writing a novel and it sucks because it's your first time, um, then... Uh, I didn't think I'd have the strength to do another one. But comics, back when I was a kid, were only 17 pages long. And I thought, I could do 17 pages, and then if it sucked, yeah, sure, go on and do another one. So I did a, 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 a comic book with a friend of mine, Scott McCloud. We just did it for fun. By the time we were done with what we started out as intending to be a 15-page comic book, it was 60 pages long. <laughs> it, it had taken us three years. It was terrible. But I discovered what I probably would have discovered if I had worked on a novel instead. It was fun. We learned a lot doing it. And I didn't feel any, oh, this is awful, I can't do another one. It was, I couldn't wait to do another one. Oh, that's great. Because I'd learned so much doing the first, first batch. So when I got out of college, I uh, submitted scripts and, and, and samples to uh, uh, DC Comics, and I, I got a Green Lantern backup out of that. And then I submitted uh, stuff to Marvel and uh, started writing Power Man and Iron Fist. So, you know, it all came out of wanting to be a writer and thinking that comics were less uh, intimidating than, than other forms. And you had a great run there. I mean, you, got, you came back with, like, the Heroes Reborn, right, if I remember right? And it was um, Perez, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah George Perez. Yeah. Um, George was drawing the Avengers. He started drawing the Avengers the first time just shortly after I started reading the book. Um, uh, I think uh, uh, I think it was like six months after I started reading was George's first issue of Avengers. So getting to do Avengers with him as the artist, collaborating with the guy who'd, who'd, who'd been the star artist of, of, of my youth, yeah. uh, that was just amazing. That's awesome. Well, you and him together are stars of my youth, you know? <laughs> so it goes around, you know? Thank you, thanks very much. Yeah. And hey, since we're a geek show, we always like to find out, what are you uh, currently geeking out about? What are you really into these days? I'm really liking the show The Magicians on uh, the Sci-Fi Channel. Yeah. Uh, it's based on books by Lev Grossman, and the books are wonderful. The show is doing it in a different way, but it's doing it really, really well. Um, so I'd, uh, I'd, I'd, off the top of my head, I'd, I'd say The Magicians on Sci-Fi. That's cool. Yeah, I like it sometimes when shows go slightly off what you've already read, so you get kind of some fresh material in there. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 traveling the same road, yeah. but they're doing it in a different way. Yeah, um, a way that works for television, but still feels like it's it's honoring the spirit of the books. It's not duplicating the books, but it's not violating the books. It's it's 
it's saying if we were, if you know, if this was a TV series to begin with, yeah, it would have been done this way. Yeah, yeah. I like that with a lot of the shows they're doing these days. Well, Kurt, thanks a lot for your time. I really appreciate this. Oh, <laughs> sorry. My pleasure. Thanks for coming by. Yeah, and thanks for signing the books. I'm at Emerald City Comic Con with Elia Bonetti. This is some fantastic artwork. I'm loving this stuff. Do you mind telling me a little bit about this? Okay, uh, it's, uh, it's my artwork. It's my first uh, um, Comic Con in USA. So it's uh, exciting for me. And uh, thank you so much uh, for, uh, for this little interview. Yeah. And uh, so, I don't know. Yeah. Are you um, breaking in? Like, you have comics done that you've done overseas? Or are you breaking into this stuff? Ah, uh, yes. Uh, at the moment, I work for DC okay. uh, Comics, and uh, I've done uh, some page for Catwoman, and uh, maybe I do uh, a lot of more. Uh, more, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm digging this. Uh, the Hulk is fantastic. I loved your Daredevil. The uh, the Punisher was just oh, yeah. the, your art, and, that, and then this Darth Maul image really drew me in. It was just awesome. Yeah, thank you so much. I loved the, the version of a TV show. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I very, very love it. Yeah, yeah, that was good. That's a good show, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And uh, anyone can follow you on social media? Do you have a Twitter or Facebook? I have Facebook and Instagram. Okay. And also Twitter. And my name is uh, Elia Bonedia. And uh, my nickname. So yep. you can follow me. Yeah. Okay, cool. Thank you. And then I always like to ask is there something you're really into? Something you've been geeking out about lately? Exactly. I'm sorry. I... Uh, having fun with something you really enjoy. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I, I enjoyed it. Is there something that you really enjoy? Like uh, anything on TV or anything in the movies lately that you've been just like, oh, I'm, this is so cool? Uh, yes. I think uh, Daredevil is, is good. Yep. Uh, I've seen uh, Batman versus Superman. and I oh, think did you like uh, that one? Yes. Yeah, uh, the Batman, cool. absolutely. Okay. Um, Less Superman, but it's okay, no problem. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I don't know. Yeah. Yes, at the moment, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's I overwhelming, right? Yes, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you very much. Thank you so much. I'm here with Chris Visions. I just checked out some dead letters. He was nice enough to sign my graphic novel. I'm, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself and uh, how you got into the comics and things. I am Chris Visions. I like walks on the beach, sunsets, poodles. Uh, weightlifting, yeah, it's great. Um, uh, I love working with all these cool people: Andrew McLean, Alexis Zaret, uh, Paul Mayberry, uh, making videos, doing sweet art, petting cats, uh, lifting heavy things. Yeah, great. That's cool. Yeah. All right. So, how did you break into comics? Uh, breaking into comics, uh, doing a lot of self-motivated work, uh, getting in front of the right people, talking with people, uh, mingling, going to shows like this. Yeah. Uh, just put my work out there, especially like online too, Instagram, things like yeah. that. Yeah. That's the key, you know, you just got to network, be free to meet people, and then just put yourself out there, right? Yeah, just do it. Just yeah. do it. Put yeah. yourself out there. Yeah. And hey, I always like to find out, what are you guys geeking out about? What's the, What do you geek out about today? Uh, I, I really liked the second season of Daredevil. Oh my uh, gosh, the Punisher? That yeah. was, he was great, right? Yeah, he was perfect. Uh, the fact we're getting Luke Cage in oh, September 30th, uh, super excited about yeah. that. Uh, yeah, and just that the projects that I'm working on right now, I'm really excited about that too. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Netflix stuff over Marvel's just been, all of it's been great. Yeah, it's been solid. Yeah. I like that they're getting grittier and like taking chances and like, I think that's probably one of Marvel's best materials out right now. Yeah, it is, it's cool. I'm literally looking forward to all that. The Luke Cage, like you said, Iron Fist will come into it eventually. The whole Defenders, I mean, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's going to blow up and I like how it's just tying together too. Yeah. It's giving people a new way to experience that, uh, that storyline for yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's cool. Well, hey man, thanks a lot for your time. Yeah. 
calves? Absolutely. <laughs> I'm at Emerald City Comic Con with Mateo Scalera. And I have been digging this guy because I picked up Black Science and I cannot tell you how great this artwork is. I mean, I, it blew me, blew my mind. Uh, say hi, tell us a little bit about your process or something. Hi, thanks a lot for kind words, first of all. And, uh, you know, basically this is uh, probably the first time that I really enjoyed working on a series. So, yeah, I'm really excited about that. And uh, I, I started working on Black Science a couple of years ago. And I still have one year and a half ahead for me. And uh, I mean, I'm already, I'm already sorry because I'll have to deal with the <laughs> end of the story, and that'd be hard because I don't know if I'll be able to find another series that really excites me. Yeah. I mean, I'm working on issue number th 23 now, yeah. and I'm, I'm not tired. Usually, after <laughs> four or five issues, I get tired of what I'm doing, wow. and it doesn't happen here, so. Well, do you got a good collaborative effort with Rick on this? I mean, is it do you guys kind of work on it together, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, actually, me and Rick started working together in 2012 on the Secret Avengers for Marvel. Yeah, I think there so was some Marvel. So we did a run, right? yeah, an eight issues run, and so we we started getting along pretty well back in the day already. So yeah. we already knew that the collaboration was was gonna go really well so yeah. and that's what happened here well so. you have input on the story a little bit too don't you oh yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. we keep we keep going back and forth in a story we call each other on skype obviously because i live in yeah. italy so yeah we hear from each other like at least once or twice a week and we have uh, you know, a two hours chat chat when we where we decide what to do, which character has to die, or yeah, yeah. and what stuff has to happen. Or who's going to come back that you thought was yeah, dead. Yeah, you absolutely. Know, was, so, yeah. Some, I yeah, love the yeah. twists and turns. I yeah. mean, it's just so great. Thanks, man. I'm yeah. glad you like it. And yeah, of course, the last word like is Rick's. But yeah. I can I can give him inputs here yeah, and there, yeah. and yeah, it's yeah. fun. If there's something like you to be like, I'd like to see the guy do this, you can. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Along, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's totally possible. We're, we get along really well, so it's it's really easy to 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 work together for us. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. All right, and then I always like to find out when what the creators geeking out about lately. Like, what have you been into lately? Any shows, TV, music, movies? Oh, I'm watching a lot of shows actually. I I I I just discovered a few series, a few little bit older series. I just like right now, I'm really loving Arrested Development, even oh, if yeah. it doesn't have anything to do with comics. I'm really enjoying it. I I enjoy. The comedy of it, and yeah. Uh, and uh, the, yeah, the comic aspect of it, and I'm, I'm a huge fan of comedy. I'm a huge fan of uh, of stand-up comedy too. So oh, okay. that 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 one is really, really, really good. Yeah. Really good. Really Did nice you ever show. get into? Um, oh, what's the other one that we always really liked? I love Louie as well. Yeah, Louie and. Uh, yeah. oh, damn it! I just had a brain and there's freeze. A, there's a new <laughs> one. I don't remember uh, what's the name of that series. It's uh, one of the writers from Arrested Development. Yeah, that's what I was Is thinking that, yeah. of, right? Uh, yeah. though, but I, I was drawing oh, the play. Sean, Sean, what's the name of the series that you told me today? That's yeah, it, yes. The Increasingly Poor Decision of Todd. Todd Marshall, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. That, that's, I watched episode number one today, and it's amazing. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. Hey, well, thanks a lot for your time, man. I, I love your work, and I can't wait to see more of it down the road. Thanks a lot. Thanks right. to you, man. Cool. Thank you. I am exceedingly super excited to talk to Ashley Eckstein, Ahsoka Tano herself. Say hello, and can you tell everybody how you got into this? 
Oh my goodness. Well, I'm so excited to be here at Emerald City Comic Con. And um, obviously, the season finale of Star Wars Rebels just aired. Oh, man. So, so good. Yeah, it's been an exciting time to be here and to talk about Star Wars and talk about Ahsoka. Cool. And uh, so, her universe. I'm loving this line. Has this been a dream for a long time? Were you able to start it before Star Wars? Or did Star Wars kind of help you get to follow your other dreams? Actually, Star Wars allowed her universe to happen. Yeah. You know, I've always been interested in fashion, but acting was my first love. So I never thought I could actually go into the business of fashion because I was so focused on acting. Um, and never did I imagine that Star Wars would allow me the opportunity to do both. So as... You know, having my foot in the door at Lucasfilm and, and being a Star Wars actress allowed me to be able to pursue getting a license with Lucasfilm and start making merchandise for female fans because it didn't exist. Yeah. And I wanted I wanted merchandise made for me. Yeah. It's fantastic. I'm, I'm loving There's tons of stuff up there that I wish I could wear. I'm always like, oh my gosh, I want one of those. Thank you. Thank you. It's definitely an honor. I mean, you know, you, you're here at the con and you see that literally half the people here are women. Yeah. And, um, you know, we're not trying to say that this world is just for fangirls. It, it's not. It's, it's not just for men. It's not just for women. It's for everyone. Yeah. Well, and I like the fact that there's a lot of strong women coming into a lot of the different franchises. And, like, you have brought Ahsoka so far along on her journey and made it one of the most beloved characters in all of Star Wars. And I mean, I think all the fans appreciate everything that you've done, the great job you've done at acting. I mean, it's just, I mean, this show has just become better and better with every episode, and it's some of the best television in our opinion. Oh gosh, thank you so much. I mean, Dave Filoni and his crew, they've just done such an amazing job with the show, and I'm honored to be a part of it. And what happens? Ahsoka lives? Like, uh, what happened? <laughs> Do you have a favorite action figure of the things that have been made of your character? You know, I think the the new um, six inch black figure is amazing? incredible. Yeah. Um, that probably is my favorite. Yeah, I was I, I saw one guy in line. He got it signed. I was so jealous because I haven't been able to find one yet. <laughs> yeah, no, they're very hard to find. I just happened to luck out. I was at Lucasfilm on a day when they got a box of samples, so they gave me one. Oh, cool, cool. And since I'm a geek show, I always like to ask, is there anything that you are currently geeking out about? Or is there something that's just really grabbed your attention lately, like movie, TV, anything? Yeah, well, I mean, aside from Star Wars, which is yes, the obvious. Yes, of course, yeah. Um, I'm a huge Disney fan. Massive, massive Disney fan. And the new Alice in Wonderland movie that's coming out, I'm very excited about. My, my Disney obsession is Alice in Wonderland. So... Very excited for that to be coming out. And then maybe in second place is Captain America Civil War. Oh, yeah. You know, I also love Marvel, so huge, huge fan, and I can't wait to see that. Yeah. Do you hope to ever be able to do some work in Marvel? Or have you? You know what? I've been the voice of Dagger for Cloak and Dagger on oh, Ultimate okay. Spider-Man. Oh, okay. So that's been really cool, and I definitely hope to do more with Marvel. Awesome. Yeah. Being, I mean, under the same company, Disney and Star Wars, it seems like you could work in both fields, you know? Yeah. You know, it's two different teams, but it's definitely been an honor to work with both. Wow. Well, hey, Ashley, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. And um, if possible, are you okay with just saying, I'm a, this is Ahsoka Tano. Thanks for listening to the Super Awesome Geek Show. Sure. Hi, this is Ashley Eckstein, voice of Ahsoka Tano, and thank you for listening to the Super Awesome Geek Show. Autobots, roll out! Oh! Hey! 
You've been listening to the Super Awesome Geek Show podcast. Find us on Twitter at Awesome Geek Show, Instagram, and Facebook at Super Awesome Geek Show. And as always, thanks a lot for tagging along. Live long and prosper. May the force be with you. And we'll see you next time on the Super Awesome Geek Show. Yo, Joe!